0: Level 32,000 feet, better known as the Cloud 9, of the City of Love As we touch down with the Sessions Volume 6, where we pull out all the tricks You're listening to the number one station, the people's choice across the nation. With the pirate radio show, when Shepard's on the go, when Shepard's on the flow, playing the music you know. Straight from the West End, go tell your friends, the music here never ends.
1: Welcome to the latest edition of Dope Nostalgia, I'm Naomi. I've been wanting to talk to this gentleman forever. I've been wanting to find him because he's elusive nowadays chris shepherd Um, he was the foremost dance and edm music producer in canada throughout the 90s and into the early 2000s as well going back as far as the um the 80s in toronto um, there's so much to learn about chris as he's had a very historic career for the fact that There's a lot of um, EDM music that probably would not be happening in our country today if it weren't for him. And man, was he recognizable back in the day. You you know his voice when you heard it on the radio. He had a syndicated show that you would hear every week on Power 92. Um, The Pirate Radio Sessions, all of his CD releases. Wow, yeah. Big, big career Chris Shepard had. And I have a personal connection to him too that makes it even more exciting for me to talk about him because the theme song that you heard earlier that was featured as a track on a power 92's power mix CD compilation back in 1994. It's my song that I wrote as a kid and um, I ended up winning second runner-up on the competition and got my song on the CD. The big exciting thing about that CD was the fact that Chris Shepard was the one enlisted to do the remixes on the tracks. was super exciting that this was gonna happen unfortunately my track itself didn't get remixed because well the original master reels for the songs had disappeared they were gone Um, I had made the mistake of not purchasing them when they were when we originally recorded the song so they were missing they're gone Um, but although Chris couldn't actually work on my track uh, he was an amazing influence to me as a kid. He spent a lot of time whenever he was in Edmonton where he would like kind of take me under his wing and invite me to stuff he was doing. He was doing like a, a DJ seminar. Um, and he had me come out to that to hang out anytime he was doing like the rock and ride down <laughs> at West Edmonton mall. Um, we'd visit, uh, whether he was a really, really, really great guy. Um, And I've been desperately looking for him over the last few years just to have a chat and catch up and say hello again. Um, So, you know, 14-year-old Naomi, Mrs. Mrs. Chris. (laughs) And if anyone does know anything about his whereabouts, there's several rumors to to where he could be now. But we'll get into that later. Right now we're going to tell you more about the history of Chris Shepard, BKS, and Love, Inc.
0: Now all massive time pirate radio out of Chris Shepard freaking crazy rush.
1: Chris Shepard, also known as DJ Dog Whistle, is a Canadian-born former DJ and musician. Now this wiki says that he's Canadian-born, where others have said that he's born in Jamaica. But I'm pretty sure that he identifies as Canadian, no matter where the birthplace was. One of the leading figures in the Canadian dance music scene in the 80s and 90s, he was active as a club and radio DJ and as a musician with the bands BKS and Love Inc. Shepard's career began in the early 1980s as a DJ and host of several warehouse parties in the Toronto area. In 1985, David Marston hired him as the host of a Saturday night alternative dance music show, Club 102, on CFNY. This later expanded to a live broadcast from various Toronto nightclubs on Friday nights, a type of broadcast which was later copied by many other radio stations. Shepard later moved to Energy 106 and later Z103.5, where he launched his program Pirate Radio, later named Groove Station, into syndication across Canada. Shepard also launched the Juno award-winning dance group's BKS on Quality Records and Love Inc. on BMG Canada, with whom he had several charting pop and dance hits all over the world. Shepard launched his own record label, Pirate Records, to release compilation albums of dance music from around the world in Canada. His compilation album series included Pirate Radio Sessions, Destination Dance Floor, Groove Station, and Club Cuts. During the late 80s and early 90s, when Toronto's rave scene was at its peak, Shepard would often attend as a guest DJ under his rave alias, Dog Whistle. Shepard released two CD compilations under the Dog Whistle alias, entitled Too High for Humans and The Life and times of an after-hours DJ. Now there's really different sections of Chris's career that we have to cover, um, being the two major bands that he was involved in instrumentally, BKS being the first one. They were a Canadian techno group created by Chris with Henny Becker and Greg Cavanaugh, hence the initials put together, BKS. They were first known for collaborating with hockey personality Don Cherry to create the song Rock'em Sock'em Techno. Now, much music ended up naming that the worst video of 1993, but that video sold in excess of 550,000 copies. BKS recorded I it, three albums of contemporary techno. Band's other hits included Take Control, Square Dance it, Song with Ashley McIsaac, their singles I Am In Love With You and Living in Ecstasy with both club and radio mix show hits single astroplane won a juno award in 96 bks songs were included on dj and much music promoted cd compilations including pirate radio volume 5 this one right here you're listening to living in ecstasy on BKS track to the next the big hit Astroplane right now and check out the singer on this tune
0: To the new south.
1: haven't guessed yet, that is the phenomenal voice of Simone Denny, who originally started her career with Chris on BKS, which eventually shifted into the creation of Love, Inc. Love, Inc. featured Chris, Simone Denny, as well as Brad Damon. The group scored its first major hit on the Canadian pop chart with Broken Bones, which won Best Video at the 1998 Much Music Video Awards. Broken Bones peaked at number six in Canadian Airplay and number 23 on the top 100 singles in 1998 and was followed that same year by You're a Superstar, this track right here. This also became the only band's hit in the United States where it peaked at number 22 on the Billboard Hot Dance Music Club play chart in 99. The singles Who Do You Love and Homeless also followed in 99. That same year, Damon left the group to pursue a successful remix production career with Alex Greggs as Rip Rock and Alex G. After Loving's self-titled album was released, Shepard and Denny continued as a duo and in 2000 released Into the Night, which included the title track Come On It's Only Love and Here Comes the Sunshine, which would also be their last album. Five singles in total reached the number one position on the Canadian Dance Chart, published by the now defunct publication The Record and RPM Magazine. I was lucky enough to get this amazing singer to talk to me for a bit about the history of her career and what she's got coming up right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, here's my chat with loving Simone Denny. Reach for the
2: sky, and hold your head up high for tonight and every night. You're a superstar and don't you be afraid, think of all-
1: any other night you got your name in lights you're a superstar, superstar, superstar hi how are you excellent how are you doing good good I, I understand you've spent some time in Edmonton recently.
2: <laughs> I I did. I did. Although I think Edmonton weather's followed me to Toronto cuz we're getting minus 24 this week.
1: <laughs> oh no. And it's way colder. I know. It's way colder that's, in Toronto when you get that. I
2: know, I'm like that's okay. That's <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> well, I'm thank you for spending the time with me today. Um like I told you oh, earlier. My, I, my phone does record the the conversation, so Perfect. Um, that's how we'll air it. Um, so yeah, I'll try to keep this interesting for you.
2: <laughs> I'm sure I will be. And you know what? I don't even know your name. Oh, I'm Naomi. Naomi, nice to meet you. <laughs> you
1: too. We actually have a common friend here in town, Jesse Lipscomb.
2: Yes, I just met Jesse, uh, I guess two weeks ago, three weeks ago in Edmonton. He's lovely.
1: Oh, I know. He's just so much fun.
2: Yes, he is. He is. I love it.
1: Yeah, we, we originally met years ago through, like, doing karaoke and such, but he's doing, like, such, such amazing things, so,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. Good guy. No, he's, he's got great energy, and it was really nice to, to, to meet him.
1: For sure. Yeah. Well, well, I guess I'll start right at the beginning here um, with, the, okay. with the inception of Love, Inc., when you joined, okay. when you joined the group. Um, mm. How did you go about meeting everybody and getting involved in the project?
2: Uh, well, uh, I was already, well, I'll take you back a little further. Uh, I used to do a lot of studio session work on the Toronto scene and, um, I was referred to, uh, Greg Kavanaugh who was part of a group called BKS, right. which was Chris and Henny Becker and Greg Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. And we cool. were doing a lot of house music. And I don't know if you know a song called Dreamcatcher, Astroplane. Do you know those tracks? Yes, I do. Okay. So <laughs> that was, uh, I, I featured on quite a few of those songs. Mm-hmm. And so um when Chris disbanded VKS and he said I'm starting a new group uh called Love Inc. and I really want you to be the the lead vocal. And mm-hmm. that's really how it came to be and then he, he I think he met Brad through BMG, I believe. Okay. And um and he was Brad was a producer on the scene as well and uh and a writer and, and that's how it was born.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's- yeah, no, that's really exciting. I just remember how colorful and wild and fun that project was when it came out.
2: It um, was. Yeah,
1: I was going to ask you, like, did for the fashion and the aesthetic of the videos, did you get to choose your wardrobe or was everything kind of planned out for you?
2: Uh, I, I think they had kind of an image they wanted, but I was able to be pretty hands on with the stylist. Yeah. and, uh, and choose some pieces I, that I knew would work for me, you know. So uh, it, was, it was a great experience. I love, I love fashion, so it was nice to have um, a say in what I was going to wear, you know.
1: Yeah, and, like, the pieces were really, like, a lot, a lot of futuristic stuff, right?
2: Very, very. Kind of world fashion in the sense we had Asian pieces, you know, some from India, different uh, Chinese things. It was kind of a mash-up of, of different cultures, which I loved. And adding a lot of the futuristic uh, style in as well. No
1: kidding. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, you guys won an MMVA for Best Video in 1998.
2: We did, they did yes. Where do you
1: keep your MMA MMVA? You know
2: what? My, it's in a cabinet in my house. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> it's in a cabinet with the other and uh, then the other video, much music video awards that we have. Um, I look at it and smile. <laughs> okay. It's a good. It's a good memory.
1: No. And it's probably really cool to share with your family and friends and everybody. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. What's well, a really, besides of course, winning the awards, what would be mm-hmm. a, a really fun memory that stands out from that time touring mm-hmm. or whatever you were,
2: you know, we had a lot of fun on tour. We had, uh, we used to play a lot of practical jokes on each other on the road. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think those, I think those are the moments that stand out. Um, in terms of just among the crew, mm-hmm. uh, we had, we had a great time, Um uh, you know, putting spiders in each other's bunks and <laughs> fake spiders, fake spiders oh, yeah. and, playing, uh, and playing and playing jokes. It was fun. Um, in terms of actual performance, I would say probably one of the best highlights and the biggest one for Loving would be uh, when we were in Spain, uh, in Tenerife, um, playing to half a million people. No that way. was that was pretty memorable. Yeah. They, everybody spoke Spanish and uh, we got there and we, broken bones was the big one in Spain mm. and started to sing and the entire audience sang it back oh. and they don't speak English and so that for me was a moment I'll never forget what a fun all I did there. was hold the mic out I'd hold the mic out and they they sang <laughs> and uh, that was that was insane that was like you, you know you're across the pond and you're you know you're just going about your life with your family or doing your you know just going about your life and in another country who's vibing off the music. They don't speak English, but they know every single word. And when you show up, they give you that love on stage. It's incredible.
1: Mm. And the the song means that much to them. That's just
2: absolutely. going
1: to get you feeling like a natural high.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I said, etched in my memory forever.
1: Speaking of a high, I would ask you what uh, uh, the song, the viewpoint from the lyric of that song. I've always tried to figure out what exactly they were trying to say. (laughs)
2: In <laughs> Broken Bones? You know yeah. what? That, <laughs> that song was actually written um, by Corey Bradshaw uh, back in the day. It was the whole song was his concept. And um, I guess when Chris uh, dismantled the cast, he moved on and just kind of did his own kind of version of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brad and I actually arranged th- those lyrics into the format that it is. So I don't know if it has a particular meaning, mm-hmm. but we made it into that song. I know. that it worked and it and people love it. So we're, we're happy. So it's
1: slightly somewhat metaphoric then, is it? Because Yeah. yeah. So it can be whatever you want it to be. That's the best kind of writing there is for sure. Let the it is. let the listener interpret it.
2: I have had so many interpretations of that song <laughs> and I'm like, okay <laughs> so some people see it as empowerment, some people see it as uh, you know, drug related and I'm like, oh, uh, well I don't think we were thinking of that, but you know, we, we no. put it together how we thought it was fit to be a song, you know, so it has a hook, a chorus, you know, that it made sense. And for Brad and I, when we sat down and and arranged that song lyrically, it it made sense for us.
1: And a lot of those lyrics, like there are some really strong lines in there, like great writing, Mm -hmm. like a dream is just a wish that a heart makes, that your heart makes, like, yeah. You guys gotta be proud of that.
2: Yeah, no, we we love it. We love it. Mm -hmm. We were very proud of that song, absolutely.
1: Do you still continue to sing the hits
2: all the time? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always in. Uh, I'm headed to the UK again to, to perform um, through. Actually, I'll be there at Easter weekend, and then I head uh, over again for the month of July. So I'll be doing it for festival season. So awesome. it's, it's constant. It's constant. Uh, the the UK mm-hmm. and Europe gives uh, the songs a lot of love. Still, it's really the classic there, mm-hmm. and people get extremely excited and again you put the mic out and they all know the words it's awesome
1: (laughs) i was going to ask about the countries you visited on tour obviously you probably spend a lot of time in europe
2: yes uh ireland uh london uh where did we go spain uh for me i've uh on my own we also did germany as well um for me it was more my own, I've been through the U.S. traveling, singing it, uh, South America, singing it, Australia. It's been it's it's been
1: everywhere. I I figured it would have been really big in the U.K. also because um, I'm also a karaoke host and ah I there's a version of You're a Superstar that's out on a karaoke track. Um, yeah, and it's not too badly produced actually for a karaoke track. Okay. Okay. So, so I was like thinking, I was like, it must have been big in the UK for it to be out, for sure. Oh,
2: absolutely. it was massive. That was a massive song, especially in uh, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland and, and Ireland itself. It, it's a massive song. I'm appalled, really, in a really good way. <laughs> but I, the, the reaction of the audience, it, it's mind-blowing, actually. The energy is insane and, and now it is transferred to the younger generation so when I go there it's not it, it, the parents know it but now the teenagers know it so you got 14, 15, 15 and 17 year olds at the show singing it And you've got the nine-year-olds, the six-year-olds, the seven-year-olds. And I'm like, this is insane. Oh, man, that's
1: impressive. It
2: just just keeps going. The generations, the newer generations, the younger generations are loving it just as much much as their parents loved it, and they know every word. Hands are in the air, they're screaming, they're singing. It's incredible.
1: That's amazing.
2: It is. It really is. It's very humbling, actually.
1: No kidding. Um, Yeah. Have you kept in touch with Chris?
2: You know what? I have not seen Chris uh, probably since 2001 when I left the group. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of moved on and did my own thing, and uh, I ended up working with some other Canadian producers, and I was the vocalist for Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, the theme song
0: for oh, so the original
2: nice. Queer Eye show. That was me, so I was in the video with the Fab Five, and I toured through the States, and I had some other hits over there as well, so... Yeah, I just I
1: kind of kept going. <laughs> yeah, no caring. You've done some amazing yeah. projects since. I I keep busy. <laughs> yeah, I was um well, I was 12 years old when um there okay. was a, there was a radio station contest here in Edmonton to submit okay. submit your original work. Um and I okay. went, I wrote a song and produced it and I got onto the CD and Chris was go- the person who remixed the CD. Nice. So I was a little tween. I got to That's awesome. Him. And it's that like, is phenomenal. He, he was, yeah, it was a cool time. So, so I've always been like, I wonder what he's doing now.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I think as far as I've heard, he's, he's retired. As far as I know, I, I don't think he DJs anymore. I, I could be wrong, but as far as I know, from what I've heard, I don't think he does music anymore. I think he's just kind of chilling out and living his life.
1: Yeah, on an island somewhere, right?
2: Probably, probably.
1: <laughs> is there an album track from the Love Inc. album that you wish would have been a single? Hmm.
2: hmm. You know what? I think all the things that all the ones that were meant to be singles hit, and that was that's fine with me. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I think Superstar and Broken Bones, and I, I think those were fine. Those were great to to hit and do well, and I'm happy with that.
1: Great. Um, yeah. The internet was still a new concept around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's right. Did you use it much? yourself like for any like promotions and and whatnot Uh, no
2: i don't think personally no not really uh we didn't have facebook and instagram and all that stuff Mm -hmm. back then so we had to rely pretty much on bmg and the the publicity that they gave us the big the big machine Mm -hmm. and it it worked it worked very well for us you know back then he had much music and you know all those shows and 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 you know radio promotion and and PA, live PAs, that's what did it for us. It was all on talent, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, there was the images that the out were ones that were taken by the record label, and it was really up to us to work those by making live appearances.
1: Well, that's good because it makes it a lot easier to have everything set up that way.
2: Yeah, now it's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very different now. Very, very different. You have your online persona. You have your live persona. It's a, it's a very different thing.
1: Do you like having? Do you feel you have more control over your image now? And and how do you feel about how the, how the business works then compared to now?
2: Um, I think uh, in a lot of ways it's easier for people, and it's, in a lot of ways it's harder. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of people tend to get caught up in Instagram. And putting out the image. Yeah. And forget about having, you've got to have the talent too. Because when you hit that stage live, that's going to make or break you. You have to be able to have a rapport with your audience. Mm-hmm. And um, they, when you sing or you perform, you got to give it. I can't yeah. rely for me. I don't rely. I have I have tracks that I sing to, but I can sing to with a band live just as easily. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So uh, you, you got to be able to give it and give it two hundred and ten percent when you're on stage. Yeah, there's no faking that. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't fake that. That's not you, there's no Instagram that can save you at that point. You got to be able to give it.
1: That's true. Have you always yeah. felt, have you always felt like naturally perform like uh comfortable on stage, or did you ever deal with stage fright?
2: You know, I don't get stage fright. I get um, excited. You know, when it's like when I'm ready to go out, I'm like, all right, let's do this. I kind of take a moment uh, to, you know, channel my energy and and be calm. But then when it's like, okay, it's showtime, it's like, let's go. You know, (laughs) I'm just as excited to see everybody out there as they are to hear me perform or see me perform. So uh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go.
1: Yeah, it's a good kind of energy.
2: It's a great energy. I, I love it. For me, it's um, it's a pleasure to sing because I do this not because of me. I do this because of the fans, mm-hmm. you know, who love the song so much. It means so much to them. And I, wherever I go, in any country, I get so many beautiful stories from people about how Superstar Broken Bones affecting people's lives in such a positive way. Mm-hmm. So this really is for them. You know it's really for the fans, it's all about them when I go on stage. So when I see them smiling and singing, it, it does it for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: After these messages will be fine. We'd like to thank Analog Brewing from right here in the City of Champions for being the official beer of Dope Nostalgia. Check out their tap room; It's open Thursday through Saturday from 4 till 11. You can enjoy $6 pints and an everyday low price of $13 for a four-pack of their retro styles. That's Analog Brewing, 8620 53rd Avenue.
2: Why do you think your mommy or daddy are always telling you, don't put that in your mouth? Let's find out. Hi, Hi. kid. Why are we on television anyway? We're here to tell a little story
1: about why you shouldn't put things into your mouth when you don't know what they are and why you should never take anything a stranger tries to give you. Why not? Because if you ate somebody else's medicine, some bad food... ...or some poison, you could get very sick. Ugh, I don't want to be sick! And that's why before you eat anything, you should always ask someone you love if it's okay. Okay! I love you. Can I eat the guitar? No, oh. but, but you can help me sing a song about eating things that don't belong inside you. Okay! I wasn't really hungry anyway. Well, wait, maybe a little bit. Okay, everybody, if you see something that you want to eat before you do anything... Remember this song.
2: Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you put it in your mouth. Don't you stuff it in your face. Don't stuff it in your face. Though it might look good to eat. Though it might look good to eat. And it might look good to taste. And it might look good to taste. You You could get sick. Real quick. Real sick. Real
1: quick. Don't you put it in your mouth. Uh uh. Till you
2: ask someone you love, that's right, sis. If it's okay to eat, if it's okay to eat, like a muffin or a beet, like a muffin or a beet, if you don't know just what it is, remember boys and girls, Don't. don't put
0: it
2: in your
0: mouth. Hey, what am I doing? I don't even like beets. Then don't put it in your mouth. Bye-bye, everyone.
2: Remember, boys and girls, never take anything from a stranger and don't put things in your mouth when you don't know what they are. If you eat somebody else's medicine or some bad food or some poison, you could get very sick. Yeah. Always ask someone you love before you put anything in your mouth.
1: Um, what projects have you worked on? Um, you said you've been doing solo work since Love, Inc. disbanded. Um, Yes. can we find some of your solo music out on like to for well, yeah
2: you, you can I, I kind of I'm a multi-genre artist so I, I kind of I do many different things um, I just uh, I did a, a rock soul rock album about three four five years ago nice. um, that's on that's on uh, Spotify or uh, any of any of the Apple any of them you can find it on any um, a uh, store, online store there, and that one was called Stereo Dynamite um, mm. Session. So that was a, that was fun. They had a, a band, and we did some great music, and we had a good time live. And actually, we're just getting interest in it again, uh, so more people want us to come and perform, so that might be uh, on the move, that might have me on the move again soon. Um... Other than that, I did a lot of different dance projects. Uh, I do theater as well, musical theater, which is why I was in Edmonton. Uh, I did uh, some musical theater at uh, the Mayfield, which was fun.
1: How long did the show run for?
2: That ran for three months. It was great. Yeah, it was a great opportunity. I I enjoyed it immensely. I wish Um, you could
1: have been here in summer. (laughs) I know,
2: I know. (laughs) Summer would be wonderful. Yeah. Uh, it's Hopefully. Be- you never know. I might be back. You never know. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. Summer's good.
1: <laughs> so it was a good run at the Mayfield?
2: It was a great run at the Mayfield. Uh, incredibly talented people. Mm-hmm. Um, what One thing that never ceases to amaze me is how much talent we have in this country mm-hmm. and how many people don't realize how much talent we have in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just a, a actors and, and that I worked with in that show just the amount of experience they have and just I don't know I'm always in awe because they'll do their lines and I mean this is what you're supposed to do but they're, they're so precise that they're able to hit that 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 momentum and get that reaction from the audience every single time yeah. and it, it's so exact and they're so good at it it it's uh, it really is um Amazing and it was just such a pleasure to be around such an incredible and, and talented people
1: The uh, group that you were working with were a lot of them from across the country as well, or were they mostly up? Uh, All the,
2: oh, the actors in this show yeah. um, some were a lot of them were Originated in PEI they lived there and have kind of branched out summer in Winnipeg summer in you know That's mm-hmm. Edward Island uh, and myself in Toronto and a few others from Toronto as well so uh, they, I think um Van Wilmot, who is the director for that show, really went out of his way to make sure he got the best of the best. Excellent. So he, he kind of went across Canada and got who he felt would do the job uh, and executed the way he felt it needed to be done.
1: Are you going to be doing some more of the uh, shows across Canada?
2: I am. I'm actually doing one here in Ontario. Uh, in may for a month it's uh called return to grace Mm. it's uh elvis about elvis so that should be a lot of fun and it returns again we take it we do it for the month of may and it might might be extended to june and then we do it again in october in cambridge ontario
1: oh wonderful
2: yeah that'll be at the hamilton family theater as well so it'll be fun Mm
1: Who have you met yeah. that most inspired or excited you? Like, whether it be, hmm. whether it be like, a, a famous person that you admire or who, who did hmm.
2: you? I've met a lot of people that I've admired, actually. Yeah. Um, a lot of people. And to, I can now call them friends, which has been pretty awesome. Hmm. Um, hmm. I would say I've had the pleasure to meet uh, disco icon Thelma Houston she is saying a song called Don't Leave Me This Way. Do you know that song? Probably if I heard it. (laughs) She's a granny. Yeah, you know it. (laughs) Baby, my heart is full of love. There's nothing for you. So come on down and do what you got to do. So people like her, I've met Martha Wash. Oh, I know her. And I, I, I email Martha and say happy birthday to her all the time. Like she's, you know, just women that have inspired me, women of strength, women who have paved the way. Uh, for women of color and for women in music, period. Uh, mm-hmm. So it is. Um, I feel blessed every time I meet, you know, one of these beautiful women, and um, and they give me their beads of wisdom, you know, in the industry. or need bit, bit of advice. It's it's uh, not taken lightly, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've met Lionel Richie. I've met. Uh, I've had dinner with Lionel Richie. It's it's been it's been pretty cool. Nice. I, remember, I can't I can't complain. That's really inspiring.
1: Oh, I love
2: yeah, that. It, is. it is. But they're, they're just people. And they're, mm. like I said, a lot of knowledge there, a lot of expertise, and just glad that I've had the opportunity to be in their presence. No kidding. Yeah.
1: Are there any um, charities or causes that you um, support?
2: I do a lot. I do uh, breast cancer. I do, uh, let's see what else have I done, a lot of HIV. Mm-hmm. Um Awareness. Uh, I used to do fashion cares. I'm actually doing one. I forgot the name. I think it's called Mingles, and that's going to be here in Toronto. I support. I support a lot of charities. Uh, Doctors Without Borders. Everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I truly feel it's important to use the songs to help people mm-hmm. um, because those fans have been there for us, and it's time to give back. Yes. So it's important when I get the call that I'm, I'm always happy to come and perform and if it can help someone or inspire someone or bring money to a cause to help people, I'm all for it.
1: That's good. We need to keep more people like you. (laughs) I
2: I don't think I'm the only one out there, but I think there's a lot of people doing it, but I, I I feel very passionately about, um, giving back with these songs because we had so much success in Canada and worldwide with it, Mm -hmm. um, from, and we would not have had that success without those people and the fans you know rooting for the song buying the song uh, requesting the song attending the shows that's all because of them so it's, it's important to give back excellent um,
1: yeah is there a clothing item or food or toy something that makes you nostalgic for the 90s oh
2: wow uh huh. what would make me nostalgic for the 90s i'm trying to think here Something you had
1: when you were young that was just like, oh yeah, that was amazing.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, If I see a pair of goggles, that's probably those uh, goggles from uh, that I used to wear on stage. Yeah, that would probably make me nostalgic. (laughs) Anything or certain hairstyles that would probably make me nostalgic, or platforms because those are things I'd wear on platform boots. I'd wear them on stage, so things like that definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. Those are those definitely good. Or being in Edmonton and just talking to people, and they'll talk about cowboys, and I'm like, yeah, we used to play there all the time. So I think I saw you, you know, guys there. I was there from you the go. Other day. There you go. So uh, things like that, you know. We used to go to Calgary. We used to go to a place called Mescaleros. So whenever I'm in Calgary, I remember going there, and you know, people are like, Oh yeah, 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 I remember that place. So. Things like that, you know, get me nostalgic or if somebody comes up and says, I was at Cowboys and you did this, and you wore that, and you said this. Those are the things that I'm like, oh, yeah, you know.
1: Yeah, no
2: kidding. So, so, but fans always have great memories and they always remind me of where I was, what I was doing, if I talked to them afterwards. Uh, and it's a, I'm just amazed that people remember those things because I'm sure they've been to a million concerts and met a million different people and the fact that ours stuck out for them means a lot. Okay. Oh, that interaction between me and them meant something. is is pretty cool.
1: Blast from the past, I know.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> that's, what this, that's what this whole podcast is about, really. So,
2: yeah. Oh, that's great. Hey, I'm really great. the '90s are hot right now. Well, yeah, it's been
1: so. Well, you know, it's been 30 years since they started, and I can't even believe it. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. And 20 years since loving, so that uh, Superstar and Broken Bones are now 20 years old. That's right. Yeah, and, but they're still going. It's great. That's but that's what you want when you're in music. You mm. want songs that stand the test of time that become classics. Yep. That's what you want. Yep.
1: Leaving your mark, your legacy. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: um, Absolutely. I'm
1: really grateful for your time today. I'm oh, go- my pleasure. I'm going to ask you a few silly questions to wrap up the interview. Okay. Video. Um, I'm okay. just going to make you choose your favorite between the two options. Okay. Right. Um, Backstreet Boys or InSync.
2: Oh man! Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I can't even choose on this one. I can't choose between those. They're they're different. They're in the same genre, but very different uh, energy. Yeah, that one I can't pick. <laughs> okay. Okay, hit me with, with something else.
1: Brittany or Christina? Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here's a tough one: Whitney or Mariah? Oh, uh, Whitney. Hmm. <laughs>
2: Um, Yeah, I like
1: Whitney. Toronto or Vancouver?
2: Oh, wow. Um, I love Vancouver. That's a hard choice.
1: Yeah, but Toronto's your
2: home, right? I'm going to say Toronto because it's home. Absolutely. <laughs> but I but don't. All the anybody, any, anybody from Vancouver knows that I love you, and I love Vancouver. It's a beautiful love. place. I try to. Oh, be, I love I, Vancouver.
1: I try to be in Vancouver as often as possible.
2: <laughs> I hear you on that. I hear you on that. It's it's a beautiful. It's such a chill vibe there. I love it. Mm-hmm.
1: And the last one: New York or Los Angeles?
2: Ooh. Mm. I like both very much. I'm going to say L.A. just because it's hot. Yes. <laughs> I like the heat. Yeah, me too. I like the energy of New York, though.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The energy of New York is unmatched. I, I love the energy of New York. It's pretty cool there.
1: It's fabulous. To place to be. Yeah, I used
2: to be there a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot. So wow. I, um, I was pretty much living there for, for almost a couple, about like, two or three years. So I, I loved it.
1: Well, thanks again, Simone. It was a pleasure.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me on your podcast.
0: Celebration Generation, this is your chance to bring home the dance music sound that rocks the nation on your favorite pirate radio station. Chris Shepard's Pirate Radio Sessions, Volume 3. 17 number one hits on this LP, making it the best compilation in music history. Crazy shepherds pirate radio sessions volume three if you're looking for your favorite it's on this lp now finally available in your favorite music store for quality baby
1: there you have it simone denny she's still touring around the world and sharing her lovely talent with everyone through acting through music check out what she's doing and when she'll be in a town near you and check out all her music on spotify now just to wrap things up about love inc You can still find their two albums as well on Spotify. In memoriam to Brad Damon, who unfortunately passed away tragically at a young age of forty-eight from complications after a cardiac arrest. Rest in peace to Brad, and sending out love to his love to his family and his loved ones. Thought I'd wrap things up so that you guys know that he's no longer with us, but he left behind a huge legacy of great work. I am looking forward to hopefully getting Chris Shepard on the show. So if anybody out there knows how to get a hold of him, please let me know. I haven't seen him since I was 14 years old. (laughs) So Chris, baby, if you're out there, let's chat. Um, We're going to wrap things up right now. And then our next episode, we will be talking about now. Dig this my very favorite band in the world. We're going to be talking about Bon Jovi, but we're not going to be talking about their whole career because it's a massive, massive career that spans three decades. We're going to be talking about two specific albums that they released in the 90s. Um, the one that was their big comeback album, Keep the Faith. And then we're going to do a track by track uh rundown on the 1995 album these days probably their least known album but it's my favorite Bon Jovi album I'm going to be talking with the um, the host of a podcast called Bon Jovi talk all right Jay Harris is going to be joining me on the show all the way from Liverpool England next week so guys stay safe out there it's a really rough time right now Um, stay home stay home take care of yourselves take care of your families And let's all get on Skype and talk to each other that way for a while, hey? So, we'll see you soon. Take care. We're going to dance and have some fun. Hey, friends. You know what I really love doing is podcasting. It's so much fun, and I've been so lucky because I've talked to amazing people so far doing this show, and I'm trying to bring you guys the very best content I can. Now, in doing that, it does get kind of expensive, and I'm on a little bit of a budget to do so. But... There's a way you guys can help out, and it's called Patreon. If you visit our Patreon page, you can subscribe to our podcast and get all kinds of ultimate perks just for subscribers. There's different tiered levels, so you can join for only $1 a month if you like. What's in it for you? Bonus content. We'll give you a shout-out on the show. We're going to be recording all kinds of super-secret stuff just for our Patreon subscribers. And in doing that, in subscribing, you're going to help us pay the bills. Help me pay my phone bill when I'm calling people far away for an interview. Help us pay for our licensing fees so we can play you awesome music clips and so much more to help keep this boat afloat. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dope nostalgia.
0: Social media, yeah, we've got it. Send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter, Nostalgia Dope, or on Insta, Dope underscore Nostalgia.
1: This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.